and welcome back to Why This Film, the podcast where we reach back into your childhood, pluck at a movie, give it a rewatch and have a chat about it. I'm Emily Slade and welcome back. You watched it so many times before and now you're gonna watch it again. But it's been so many years since you last saw it and now you show it to your friends and they're like, what? What am I watching? Why? What? Is what? This? Why? Why this film? And I'm joined today by Brett from the Demographicast. Hello. Hello. Thanks for having me. Welcome. You're very welcome. Your chosen movie is 1992's Wayne's World, the IMDb breakdown. Two slacker friends try to promote their public access cable show. And a very short intro there. Very... <laughs> Brief, to the point. Yeah. Two slacker friends. Interesting. I hadn't seen that before. Yeah, IMDb is so funny. They can just be like, I've I've looked at the poster yeah. and I assume the movie as that's how it feels. Anyway. Right. Um, and I assume that that's what the movie's about. Yeah. Um, but yeah, why this film? Um, well, basically, I grew up watching this film basically every weekend. Um, <laughs> my parents were uh, really into the film. Um, I think nice. probably because they grew up listening to sort of rock music and were uh, big on the, the, the in the rock scene in the 80s. Mm-hmm. And then this fa- film came out in the early 90s and I think it was a bit of like a, as well as it being tongue-in-cheek and a bit of a mockery of, of the of the scene, it's also kind of uh, a bit of a, a love letter to it. Mm. Um, and then I'm also into that kind of music, obviously, because I, I grew up on it from my parents' influence. Yeah. And so watching this film kind of, transported me a little bit back to that was because I hadn't lived through it so I think it was a way yeah. for me to relate oh that's really nice yeah and also it's a really we... good film it's quite funny I watched it again in preparation for this and mm-hmm. there are some cringy moments <laughs> it's uh there are aspects of it that are a bit dated mm. but then at the same time I don't know it's still it's just fun and it's it's quite a uh, a comfort film for me yeah. Were you aware of the SNL sketches that led up to the film? Yeah, I was. Yeah. So Mike Myers and I have, is it Alan Carvey or something? Anna Carvey? I don't know. The, the guy who plays Garth in the film. Dana. Dana, Dana Carvey. Dana Carvey. That's it. Uh, they, yeah. So they did like, a, it was originally a sketch of theirs on SNL where they'd play, they'd, they'd do their sort of Wayne's World intro and, and pretend to be these, these, uh, guys really into heavy metal and um it kind of yeah somehow turned into a film i'm not entirely sure how because yeah there was a real sort of um thing in that time you don't really see it much nowadays where snl characters if they became big enough they basically got a movie yeah and um yeah, yeah i was a little bit skeptical i had never really properly seen wayne's world yeah i was vaguely aware of the concept and i'd seen like the memes there's some quite famous bits yes. from it um, that have done the rounds on the internet over the years. And I was like, I'm really worried I'm going to really not enjoy this movie. But it's so charmingly funny yeah. that I couldn't help myself. Like, as you said, there are moments where you're like, oh. yeah, but they're really far few between. They get a lot of stuff right. Mm. And it really is... Um, quite timelessly endearing which I was quite shocked about because I don't trust Mike Myers as far as I can throw him um but I was like this is this is why 
he became Mike Myers. Yeah. This is so cool and mm-hmm. f- fresh. It felt it felt fresh, like them singing along to Bohemian Rhapsody in the car at the beginning of the movie. That's very famously like if people think of Wayne's World, I think that's yeah, the that's first thing people of. possibly think of. Um, and I was watching it, and I was like. This isn't new to me. As someone sort of watching it for the first time in 2021, um, it's it's not new. Mm. But it has a feeling that I believe at the time it probably was quite new. Like people hadn't seen film characters do that sort of thing yeah. before. And by the time we got to the end of the sequence, it had completely won me over. And I was like, that was just so relatable and fun. And that's sort of how the movie goes along i love that they talk to the camera yes. i think that's very clever yeah um because it allows this sort of bizarre vibe mm-hmm. to the whole thing um i love how it's it doesn't take itself seriously but it has enough serious stuff in it that it's not a complete waste of time does mm-hmm. that make sense yeah yeah <laughs> definitely no i yeah. couldn't agree more that the whole I was thinking it again, watching it yesterday, that it, it, like you say, it doesn't take itself too seriously. There's so many times where it sort of makes jokes about uh, the, the direction or like there's one point where they they see Alice Cooper uh, in a concert and then they, they end up going backstage, but they find themselves outside and there's a random security guard who just gives a <laughs> bunch of exposition leading up to the, the, the sort of the end of the film and they make a joke about the security guard knowing, seemingly knowing way too much for a security guard. Yeah, it was it was so enjoyable and again it sort of felt like nothing that sort of thing hadn't ever really happened before like Mm -hmm. very coyly looking and again it's 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 mike myers performance of looking to the camera knowingly being like that was an incredibly helpful security guard (laughs) releasing a lot of information he perhaps shouldn't really know about or whatever and it's it was so fun and they're so lovable. Again, I was really worried that this was gonna sorry, this was gonna be like too basically <laughs> Ghostbusters opens with Bill Murray trying to sexually harass a teenager. Yeah. And it sucks. Yeah. And I've got no time for it. Mm-hmm. And I was really worried this was going to be the same thing where sort of the 80s and 90s SNL yeah. jokes came from, haha, women are beautiful and we have a right to look at them mm. or whatever. And because I, I also knew that one of the most famous things from Wayne's World was the like, uh, what do they say? Is it like schwing? Yeah. The, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Where they sort and of I was thrust like, their their crotches in the air, yeah. Towards women saying, Mm -hmm. schwing. And I was like, "Uh uh-oh. But again, I, like, wasn't offended by it because of the context of it, because of how they do it, because of who they are. Mm -hmm. And also the relationship that Wayne has with Cassandra Mm -hmm. was so shockingly sweet yep. and respectful and she was such a great character uh-huh. i mean she's um she's nani from lilo and stitch so yes. instantly i was like fucking yes um <laughs> but i was so blown away with how like sweet it all was and how how charming and funny and like fucking rob lowe is the movie's villain yeah. and he like steals every scene that he's in and it's just a real testament to the, like, comedy um, and, like, 
old SNL and how classic they were with their comedy and yet also quite new. It felt like they were pushing boundaries whilst also adhering to the sort of tropes of how to be funny. Yeah. Yeah, um, definitely. Yeah, real, real, like, really blown away with how much I enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I'm interested. I'm, I'm glad to, to hear that you weren't necessarily, uh, didn't find it super offensive, the whole, the, the, the swing thing and the, 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 with the, the, the she's a babe thing. Yeah. It's like, because I find it, it, it's something that I wasn't sure how to, what to think of when I rewatched it. I've rewatched mm-hmm. it a couple of times in the last year over lockdowns and stuff, but I, during those moments i'm like is that is that offensive is that normal like but like you say their characters are so inoffensive in themselves yeah they're so uh there's no like machoism there's no egos there's no and that's actually something that i quite like in terms of like the way it reflects or it shows the the sort of rock scene because oh my gosh all of the bands (laughs) that they like all of the the uh the band members of those bands most most of them are dickheads so yeah. it's quite nice to see these these fans of this music that aren't that don't reflect that that are yeah decent guys and i mean know, the likable absolutely um they so easily could have just been assholes yeah. um and like entitled mm-hmm. um especially because you've got this um what would now be possibly verging on like an incel type character of Wayne who who works in fast food joints yeah. and lives in his mum's basement and does this cable show where he like it, it, it makes fun of other people is the sort of basis yeah. of the show yeah. but it's so not reddit vibes yes. it's so yeah. not 4chan it's none of those things it's it's very sweet and nice and taking this stereotype and doing something really wholesome with it and you're right they're they're doing schwing and they're calling people babes and it was very reminiscent of bill and ted yeah who do a similar thing who again are so inoffensive mm-hmm. that you're just like, oh, yeah, like, they're very much the same kind of films, the Bill and Ted films, yeah, and the World films, definitely. Very and I wondered if this was a sort of homage or whether both of them were just drawing from the same sources of the sort of fandom that they mm. were using as inspiration. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I, I think which it's one more came out that. first. I don't, I don't actually Bill know. and Ted Did came it? out first, surprisingly. Yeah, right. um, but. I think it's more, yeah, that they're drawing from the same source material than they're trying to be a reflection on the previous movie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because immediately after he's, like, swinged towards Cassandra, he then approaches her and is like, please, may I have your number? And she declines, and he goes, okay, and walks away. And then the next time he approaches again, and he's like, can we have a chat? And she's like, okay. And he's taken the time to, like, learn her language. Yeah. I was a bit confused by that because I believe that that woman is Hawaiian, but in this she's Cantonese. Yeah, yeah. I had more of a problem with that than I did with like sure, <laughs> anything yeah. else. Um, but yeah, and and yeah, because he's very respectful and he's very nice. And Garth is Garth's was a bit different. Garth has this like dream woman, but I think it was more meant to be a joke and a trope mm. than him genuinely like pursuing this nameless speechless woman yeah um 
And because we had Cassandra, Dream Woman had her place within the context of the movie. So yeah. again, if Dream Woman had been the only woman in the movie, I'd have been like, sure. this is bullshit. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, we had a really a good one. And then you compare them to Rob Lowe, and it's it's that classic sort of like capitalism versus artist. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and Rob Lowe is the sort of sleaze, but even by being a sleaze... The worst we get is the joke that makes Cassandra leave him at the end where he's holding a snake and she's like, is that you or the snake? Um, yeah. And and it's funny. Yeah. And it's it's meaningful because it pushes her to go with Wayne. Um, because up until then, he's just been incredibly rich and charming. He's not been aggressive or mean. Sure. Um, or any of these normal sort of villainous traits. You know, he doesn't slap anyone. He doesn't... Like, yeah, it was just all very sort of respectful. Sure, yeah. Surprisingly enough. Um, And, yeah, you made another point that I wanted to go on to. (laughs) Um, Yes, and to go back to how they represent the the heavy metal fandom and the the people within it and how nicely they do that, it was so amusing to me when they met Alice Cooper and he starts giving them the sort of history of Milwaukee. Yeah, that's one of my favourite Very articulately. And it's such a clever joke because (laughs) the sort of joke is that your expectation's not being met. It's not Mm -hmm. disrespectful to anyone. It's not implying anyone's a certain way. It's just like... You thought we were going to be doing cocaine off of strippers' buttholes, but actually we're having a lovely discussion about Milwaukee and its yeah. history. Yeah. Um, I love it. I love the, the tone that he takes as well. Like he's a lecturer. <laughs> yeah. And... yeah. It's such a brilliant performance from Alice Cooper. It and is. like, what a gem for a green to do it. Yeah. Um, and it was, it was so much fun. It was so, it felt so iconic. Um, because I knew he was in this movie, but I didn't know to what capacity. Sure. And, yeah. yeah. Uh, so I really, really enjoyed that. Um, and, and the fact that Wayne and Garth weren't sort of taken aback by it. They, they were, in a sense, just purely because they, they just sort of didn't have anything to contribute to the conversation. But yeah. they weren't, like, freaking out and saying, you should be doing this and you should be doing that or anything. So, again, just... Really fun. It's easygoing. It's a really easygoing movie where I didn't feel threatened at any point. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the um, running jokes is that one of the crew members uh, will confess his love to a man. He does it to Wayne and then he does it to the sort of studio exec. Yeah. And he'll like come up to them and be like, I love you, man. And they're like, oh yeah, no, I love you too. And he's like, no, you don't get it. I love you. And they would become uncomfortable with that. But again, it rode that line between like, until the ending, at least, mm. it rode that line between like, is is this a man who is gay trying to confess his love to men who are straight and are uncomfortable with the fact that he's gay mm. or is it something else are the reactions homophobic or are they just a bit confused mm-hmm. and then right at the end it's like i've learned that two men can have platonic love yeah and i was like okay so are we making it okay to say 
that that men can say that they love each other is that the message here or is it that you're desperately trying to stamp down any homosexual undertones like mm. i wasn't quite sure how to feel i don't sure. know what you felt my uh sort of i think i've never really got the homophobic that it could potentially be homophobic but then i mm -hmm. i grew up watching it so i don't know if i necessarily you know uh saw it from that angle as a kid and mm -hmm. therefore i've just carried that on but when i watch it now to me it, it's it it's appears to me more like uh he's saying he he loves them from a he's trying to show affection he's a, a straight guy trying to show affection to to other straight guys mm -hmm. and they get uncomfortable because they're not as comfortable with their sexualities maybe mm. or mm. they they it's just not a a norm to to say you know that you the it's for guys to say that they love each other yeah that's how it comes across to me but yeah and and i think you're right because the, all of the sort of reactions around it and all of the uh, action that comes from it mm. aren't don't lead to sort of any other thing it, like that's sort yeah. of what it always implies um, and then right at the end they sort of confirm it where they're sure. like it's cool that men should be able to say that they love each other yeah yeah, it's, um, it's funny that they've kind of because it, it is all leading up to that final thing in the finale, right? It's just mm. it's just a, a a joke to then be able to say love uh, men should be able to say they love each other, which is yeah, it's quite nice. Yeah, it is quite nice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and quite progressive. Yeah, definitely. Um, but I think I think again because it was the '90s, because it was an SNL sketch, I think my brain was instantly like scanning for offense. Right, I was like, sure. <laughs> Where yeah. is this going? What are they trying to say? Uh -huh. Oh God, this is a little bit uncomfortable. Um, but it also wasn't uncomfortable. It was like my brain was like freaking out that it might be uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, it just felt more sort of awkward. Yeah, for sure. Stuff. In terms of uh, Cassandra's character, there was one thing I noticed mm. particularly when rewatching it yesterday, mm -hmm. uh, which I can't believe I hadn't noticed before, considering how many times I've seen it, but. It was like, I'm just going back to what you were saying about um, Rob Lowe's character, Benjamin. The whole, um, it, it, he is clearly trying to, uh, you know, come onto her throughout the, the film. But yeah. every time that Cassandra sort of is approached about him or he contacts her, she is quite clearly not into him. Yes. And I liked that. I liked that they didn't just, they've because they that she's quite a, a powerful character, really. She's She's quite, you know... Uh, she knows what she wants, and it, it, they didn't just give her the trope of, oh, she's getting you know, seduced by this guy, and she's yeah. That th that wasn't a thing. I don't think it was more of uh, the uh, the what drives that kind of storyline is is Wayne being insecure about it, and and Benjamin's character's clearly going after her, but she Definitely. isn't really playing a part in that. She's really only interested in Benjamin because he's offering her a. Uh, a video uh, a music video contract yeah no completely agree um i really really loved that absolutely because it would have been so easy for her to have been and they they lay it out like garth gives us a tour of his home yeah and it's yes. like we've got champagne we've got a nice car we've got a big apartment we've got these books how to pick up chicks mm -hmm. and i really liked all of it how it played out i liked how Benjamin never lost his temper. Mm -hmm. He never fell into that trope. She never fell for his charm. She never falls into that. And you're absolutely right. It all stems from Wayne's insecurities, which is a brilliant character arc for him. Yeah. Um, 
who is the main character rather than using these other people as weird foils. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, again, it was very progressive in a lot of its, in a lot of what it was trying to do. And I really, really appreciated. I thought she was an absolutely amazing character. I love when he rings her late at night and like, it, it's, it's almost quite subtle because he's, he's like checking in on her making sure that she's still okay for the video, yeah. but trying to plant these things to make her forget Wayne or like blah, 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 blah. And she's very confused and like puts yeah. the phone down and is like, what the fuck was that about? Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas Wayne is the one that's falling for it where the woman usually would in a, almost in a way, yeah. um, in other lesser movies. So, Again, I was just like, I feel so me. I feel like, you know, if Mike Myers, if you're listening to this, I'm so sorry. Like, <laughs> just, I've had too much of you from Shrek. Like, I don't know why. I don't, I, it's because I don't like Austin Powers, because right. everything that we're saying that's good about Wayne's World is then done in Austin Powers, sure. and it's awful. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're very you know, opposite characters, aren't they, really, in that respect? Very much so. Like, Austin Powers is full on misogyny, penis jokes. Yeah. Like, all the stuff that I expected to find here and, and was nowhere to be seen. Mm-hmm. Um, all of the crew and the band members as well, uh, despite having the look of the m- heavy metal with the like rock body and the long hair, sure. always very sweet, always very mm. nice. Um, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, just very innocent considering. I've got a note here that says the coffee guy, but I can't quite remember. Oh yeah, the what so about? there's like a a diner, isn't there, that they keep going to. Oh, yeah. And the guy who owns the diner, every time it cuts <laughs> to him, he's always talking about murdering someone or like I absolutely love it. He yeah. he's the only other character that talks to camera and yeah. it's established very early on by Garth where he's like, "No, only we can talk to the camera." Uh, and like we go into this like diner of donuts and coffee and he's like I killed a man yeah. <laughs> like what the fuck I really really love him as a character yeah it's like what's um, his like first line his first line's like um when you kill a guy in the heat of battle it's considered yeah. heroic but when you kill a man in the heat of passion it's murder <laughs> it's murder and then like every time someone like oh I was laid off and he's like I bet you want to go and find the guy that did it and Rip is still beating hard out yeah. of his chest so he can look at it one last time before he dies and you're like I love this man yeah. so much yeah. um, so much fun even even the like uh, there was a police officer mm. who I imagine I didn't get it, but I imagine there was quite. I mean, I recognised Meatloaf, but I imagine there was quite a lot of SNL cameos throughout this movie that I didn't pick up on because I don't know yeah, who maybe anyone it, is. Yeah, I didn't. Um, like I think Chris Farley was in there yes, at some point. I think he, he was the security yeah, guard. Yeah, he is the possibly. security guard. Yeah. Um, so some SNL people littered about, which is inevitable and um, fun if you know who you're looking for. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was just like, the camera is lingering on them and that person has one too many lines to be like an additional yeah. cast member. Um, but yeah, the police officer, his running joke is that he was doing like drug searches, um, like cavity searches. Yeah. And that could so easily have been very crass and mm-hmm. very unfunny but again because the tone of the movie and therefore the sort of scooby-doo-ish tone that all of the people have yeah it's really funny and then when it comes to fruition later on where he does one on benjamin 
and then Benjamin has that shot of leaving the car going into Wayne's yeah. home after receiving the cavity search. Um, not only is it really, really funny, like it's genuinely quite funny. Yeah. They they show it like three or four times yeah. because they keep because and the it never got old. Yeah. Um, and it, so again, just really clever, subtle bits of like humor, like using the film format. Um, because another SNL movie that we've done on this podcast before was Superstar. Right. And it was really, really good. And I, I liked it for the messages. Mm. But it was very much following a more traditional high school movie trope. Um, like, like here is a character and we're putting her in a film where she would work sort of thing. It still had that bizarre sense of humour. But this one feels a lot... Uh, fresher almost like they're trying new things and they're really using the format of film to their advantage whereas Superstar felt a bit more like we've put this character and now they're in a movie whereas here it's like we know we're going to use film so what can we do with these characters and the medium of film Um, and I think that's why people have heard of it more than they've heard of Superstar people Mm -hmm. watched it more than they watched Superstar Um, so I think that was a really clever clever thing for them to do definitely. yeah definitely it, i wanted to bring it because I, I did some notes as well when i was watching it last night and mm-hmm. i one of my notes is just that it's clever and dumb yes because yeah. like we're saying all these jokes a lot of these jokes are quite clever but the the, the joke in itself generally the, the is, is so really dumb, dumb. <laughs> yeah yeah that's exactly it it's that beautiful juxtaposition um yeah and I think that's why I was so taken aback by it because I was like, this is so well thought out. It's mm-hmm. clearly a lot of people who cared put a lot of effort into this. Um, like the product placement. Oh, Benjamin comes I to talk that. to Wayne yeah. to talk about how he needs to have this interview with the sponsor because product placement is important. And while Wayne does his monologue of absolutely not, I'm an artist, I, I can't possibly sell out, he's obviously um, showcasing Pizza Hut and Pepsi and yeah. these Reebok sort of and... drugs. And, and, and it's so... It is so dumb. It's yeah. such a dumb concept. On paper, it's like, that's silly. But the way it's done is so clever. And yeah. it's iconic. It's one of the more memorable, I think, scenes from this movie For as sure. well. Um, because... I, I wouldn't be surprised if they genuinely had all of those sponsorships because the soundtrack is amazing. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Because they've managed to get... I mean, they got Alice Cooper for one. He can't have been cheap. No. And they, they've managed to get so many good songs. Yeah, um, yeah from big bands as well. Huge bands. Like, like, I'm not really into the heavy metal scene, but I recognised the songs that sure. were being sung, which is shows how sort of big that they are, that they've crawled into other genres. Yeah. And, yeah, I was, I was shocked again, sort of comparing it to Superstar, um, which felt quite low budget. This felt like it had a budget. Like, people put money behind this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it doesn't feel cheap at any point. There's nothing no. where you're like, oh, they could have done a bit with a bit more money there. Yeah, it's definitely. definitely. Yeah. And Those again, I think it's smartness as well because we have the same establishing shot of Wayne's home, mm. like a lot. Yeah. So that's obviously reused tape, and we don't have too many locations either. No. So it was just very cleverly made, I think. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and the sets are quite simple generally, like whether it's mm. uh, like Cassandra's flat or whatever. Yeah, I imagine it probably doesn't cost too much to for that. Yeah. 
and they possibly use the same locations to like Cassandra's flat might have also become Wayne's flat yeah, and like true. the studio that is Wayne's flat is also clearly Wayne's flat. Yeah. Um so yeah, it's just all very clever. Did you have a favourite joke at all? That is such a good question. <laughs> uh, okay, so I exclaimed out loud. I'm not sure if it counts as a joke. I think it does. I think it counts as a joke. Um, and I love this trope anyway. Garth has a dog. Yeah. And it has Garth's hair. And they do the joke of the, like, Wayne's trapped down a well. Yeah. Oh, no, he's just outside. And I just, the dog came into the room and I, like, <laughs> I like I like made a noise yeah. out loud like I it was I oh my goodness give that dog an Oscar like <laughs> beautiful beautiful and it's a lassie dog yeah it was, it was mwah, beautiful um that's off the top of my head what was yours uh, I mean there are so many great moments like, I love the the pro the, the sponsors segment thing <laughs> and then like you said earlier the Alice Cooper um gag is super funny <laughs> my favorite joke and it apparently was an improv joke was the um <laughs> The one where Garth, uh, Wayne and Garth are sitting on their um, the hood of their car, and Garth is like, "Did you ever find Bugs Bunny attractive when he put on a dress <laughs> and some makeup or whatever?" And Wayne just starts like bursts out laughing, and then he's like, "No, me neither." But th- that joke is just so random, and I don't know. It is. It, apparently, it's improv. And actually, if you, I noticed yesterday, if you're if you watch it and you listen to. Wayne laughing. You can hear Garth laughing in the background. <laughs> so, it's pretty funny. But. Oh my god! Yeah, I really enjoyed that moment. It's again, there's so much that happens in Wayne's world that that says so much. Like, even though it's improvised, it sums up their friendship. Like they yeah. sit on the hood of their car as the planes are going by to get a sort of roller coaster rush. I mm-hmm. assume, yeah. which a hundred percent is the type of thing that these people would do. I imagine. Yeah, for sure. And while they're there, they just sit and contemplate life and ask like questions to each other, and it shows their friendship. Yeah. And and like, it's just a genuinely funny line as well. And there's, it's just, it's a whole world. It's a whole mm-hmm. like. Like, no wonder it spawned a sequel. I mean, I don't know what happens in the sequel. It's pretty good. It's a bit... The the story arc is maybe not as... Or like, the plot in general is probably not as good as the first one. But mm. uh, I'd say there are... In terms of, like, the comedy, there are fewer jokes that really make you laugh. But when they do, they're better than some of the ones in the first film. Oh, Wow. Um, it's a pretty That's decent cool. film. If if you enjoyed the first one, I would recommend the second one as well. Yeah, nice. Um, and are you a fan of the Austin Powers movies? I, I, I I've only seen it's one okay of them. It's okay if you are. <laughs> I've only seen one of them, and I can't remember which one it is. Oh, okay. <laughs> but um, I do quite enjoy it. Yeah, I just mm-hmm. like his. Again, it's really dumb humor, mm. and I know that there are. Yeah, nowadays it's a bit. There are places where it's a bit cringy, and it's a bit like, mm-hmm. oh, that's, that wouldn't that wouldn't fly now but yeah i think it holds up less than wayne's world yeah. does wayne's world holds up like it holds up full stop i think i'd yeah. say but austin powers i remember my most recent rewatch i i i really struggled with it i was right. like this was hilarious when i was 14 sure um and now i'm nearly 30 and it's it's not quite as funny anymore but then i'm not a fan of james bond so maybe i'm not right. getting it in yeah. that sense as a as a parody um 
and James Bond is sexist, so that it sort yeah. of had to be sexist to parody it. Sure. Obviously, iconic moments. I love Doctor Evil and his like yeah. board of people, mm-hmm. and everything they do is hilarious. Yeah. But um, yeah, Austin Powers himself, I'm a bit like, mm, no, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sure. No, I get that. Whereas. Wayne is really endearing as a character. Yeah, he is. Yeah, you can definitely get on board. You're, you're rooting for for him and Garth, basically. Yeah, throughout. very much so. Yeah. It, it's um, one of those films that's just... It's become, I think, even more popular as time has gone on because it's mm. kind of a... It's a cult classic, really. It's one of those it, like, it, yeah. films that's got a, a cult following. And I don't know how well it did in the box office when it was first... When it first came out 30 years ago. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> long ago but, um, um, let's see if i can find it but yeah it's definitely like it's definitely something that um it's one of those films that people go back to definitely and i can see why so it made 183.1 million okay at the box office that's, that's decent <laughs> yeah you you always see uh it's like a popular halloween costume that sort of never dies yes yeah that's true Box office success, debuting at number one. Domestic gross was huge. It was the eighth highest grossing film of 1992. Oh, okay. Did very and well, then. is, of course, the highest grossing of the 11 films based on Saturday Night Live skits. Really? There's 11? Oh, okay. I don't 11. think I've seen any others. <laughs> no. <laughs> they're, all, they're all a bit strange. Superstar right. I've seen. And yeah. I'm aware of, like, Coneheads. Like, I've seen that poster a lot. Yes, um, I've I've seen the yeah, like you say, I've seen the poster, but mm. I I no idea what it's about, really. Yeah, but I've never. Right, and it was the success of Wayne's World. It seems that spurned on more movies. I, right. That makes sense. Um, yeah. Which makes sense, but unfortunately, I don't think they quite had the magic that was Wayne's World. That, as sure. you said, that it worked with this idea of using film as a medium, talking to the camera as genius. The like three endings because the the stakes are the perfect amount of energy where I sort of knew everything was going to be okay and I hoped it would be okay because I liked the characters Mm -hmm. Um, and then they sort of do three endings sort of very clue-ish where the first ending is where everything sucks Mm -hmm. and it's funny because you know that they're not going to end it like that Then they do a Scooby-Doo ending where it was Old Man Withers who we met at the beginning of the movie and I very, very, very much enjoyed that. Um, And then we had the, like, super awesome happy ending which was really fun because it ended with, like, monologues to the camera rather than, like, action being filmed. Uh Um, And then it just sort of ended and I was like, oh, (laughs) okay. Um, I love that they they do that sort of monologue to the camera where it's all, like, cheesy, you know. (laughs) Yeah. uh, saying, you know whatever that is i can't even remember what they say but... like i've i've learned the error of my ways yeah, you exactly, can't get very yeah. far being a capitalist pig yeah all this classic stuff all this sort of yeah. Yeah, tropey uh sort of happy stuff to end the film with and then they're like their final joke is they're just kind of going fished and like they're pretending yeah. that they've, they've hooked you in to this this yeah. joke that you know it ended in such a happy way but again it's just it's, a, it's almost mocking the audience at the end yeah, because but like, I was happy for them too. Yeah, do you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, me too. Yeah, because um, it so it just doesn't. Yeah, it goes back to the whole not taking yourself seriously. 
It's... Yeah. And I, I really love a movie that doesn't take itself seriously, but I, I feel like it's much more difficult than people think because sure. it feels like it ought to be so easy to not care. Yeah. Because that's the vibe that you're giving off. That yeah. You haven't bothered to come up with a plot and you're copping out at the ending. Mm-hmm. But to earn that carelessness, yeah. they had to put in a lot of work throughout. And, sure. Um, they clearly do really, care. Whoever wrote they, it yeah. clearly did care about the script as well. Like Definitely. They, I think they wanted it to be a success, and, yeah. and good for them it was, and and still is. You're absolutely right with it being a cult classic. It's um, Their their costumes are so iconic and simple, which is yeah. what most people look for in a Halloween costume. Sure. <laughs> um, so... Yeah, really, really surprised at how much I enjoyed it. And it's like growing on me the farther I get away from it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and the character of Wayne, I mean, there's that wonderful moment where he, um, Cassandra's on the phone to her drummer. <laughs> I was just thinking of that as well, yeah. <laughs> and he's just like walking around in his underwear, just yeah. like doing really dumb stuff, trying to distract her on the phone. And it's just... It's genuinely funny. She's really enjoying it. And you never feel... I was really worried it was going to be like a... Oh, no. Wayne is like Peter Griffin and Cassandra is like Lois, where it's got that sort of like ugly loser boy Mm -hmm. and the like really hot, unattainable woman. Mm -hmm. But you know why she's with him and you know why they're together and they work and he's he's got a lot going for him. Mm -hmm. And... um, and I was worried as well that there was going to be a whole subplot about them being duped out of the right amount of money because Benjamin has that wonderful line where he's like, we are going to pay you, but of course I did warn him that you were artists and you don't care about the money, yeah. so I'm perfectly happy to rip up these checks right now. Um, yeah. Which I thought was really funny <laughs> um, and really good, but that's not a thing. They do have the money. He gets his guitar yeah. um, and all of these things. So it's just, it's just... It's definitely one you can stick on a lot. Like, it's not heavy. No, Um, exactly. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. For me, it always used to be like an early Saturday morning film that I put on. I had the cassette, or we had the cassette when I was young. uh... Is that like the soundtrack, or is it like the story as well? No, as in like the VHS, sorry, is what I meant, not the cassette. Oh, sorry. (laughs) Like the VHS, yeah. I had to wind it back every every weekend when I used to put it on. (laughs) Yeah. Hell yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um, more notes. No. Just, yeah, really, really enjoyed it. So thank you so much for bringing it on. No, thank you. Thank you for, for having me on and for, yeah, showcasing it. Because I, I feel like it's something, like, I'm glad that you enjoyed it particularly because I was kind of worried that it would just be something that somebody like me who grew up with a family who were into that kind of music and into that kind mm. of film would, would enjoy. But I'm glad that it's something that, is more accessible for just you know <laughs> anyone really yeah i really i really was surprised with how accessible it was it just has a really endearing funny charm yeah. about it that stems from the two main characters and the choices that they made with the other characters as well like rob like um it opens with a woman watching wayne's world in in bed with rob Lowe. yeah and she's like that that they're being so dumb. They're sort of, I imagine, showcasing one of the old SNL skits of yes. what they would do for Wayne's World. Yeah. And it's so stupid and a little bit mean-spirited and clunky. And mm-hmm. um, I was really... That's when I started to worry. And I was yeah. like, oh, God. Is the this, intro is, is this not great, I don't like? think. Yeah, it's interesting how then it completely shifts. Yeah, as soon as away. Wayne starts talking to the camera, it's instantly yeah. better. But that first intro segment... 
is a bit it's cringy. Just sh- but it works in the sense that it's so cringe. Mm. And this woman, again, this like beautiful woman who really has no business watching Wayne's World, you would think. Yeah. Because what is it about it that's attractive to you? Um, is like, yeah, this, this show is so popular. Like, it's so good. Everybody loves it. And Rob Lowe is so sarcastic, <laughs> practically like looking to the camera a la The Office, being like, yeah. yes, of course, it's it's incredible. Yeah, like clearly they're geniuses. <laughs> like, clearly they're geniuses. Um, and it's that tone that he brings in where he, as I say, he never gets angry. And I find that so funny and yeah. good because he's always just like, Wayne's an idiot. He kind of almost doesn't show any emotions as well. Yeah. He's kind of very, his, his, he doesn't cold. Very at all. Yeah, very cold. Yeah. yeah. But still. But it works so well. It does, yeah. It does. Um, Even when he's like, literally, like, yeah, it's just, it's just a brilliant performance. I really enjoyed it and I thought it worked really well. And the second he said they're clearly geniuses, I was like, oh, good. This movie knows what it's doing. Sure. Because I've just watched something that I could have turned off straight away because I was like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. Um, but Rob Lowe saying, clearly they're geniuses, I was like, cool. I trust, I'm, okay, I'm going to let you take me through this movie now. <laughs> and as you say, the second he turns to the camera, I'm like, love it. Yeah. And it just rises from there. Yeah, so, definitely. Yeah, really, really interesting opening um, and really great ending and yeah. lots of good stuff in between. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so uh, where can the people find you? Uh, so they can find me specifically uh, hosting a, uh, a politics slash social issues podcast called The Demographic Cast. Um, it's on all uh, podcast platforms. Um, otherwise, uh, you can also find me doing, or I produce a bunch of sort of online web series shows with uh, uh, a business that I run called DGN, The Demographic Network. So if you just sort of look that up on any social media platforms then we're, we're on those nice thank you for having me awesome. emily thank really you fun. so much for coming on this was this is such a joy i love it i love it when i'm like i don't know about this movie man <laughs> and then i actually give it a chance because someone's like i love it yeah i'd be um, super interested to hear what you think of wayne's world 2 now after as well well you've got to come on and do wayne's world 2 yes let's That's- do that that's how we're gonna do that <laughs> so <laughs> perfect cool. thank you so much yeah thank you And we'll see you next time on Why This Film. Bye!